this is Matthew Panatoni with Nurse Burn Reduced Nurse Burnout Podcast, and this is Tyler Pitts with me. She's uh, she's got a story to tell, and I'm excited to sit and listen, and I hope you do too. Hi. How are you today, Hi. Tyler? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. You you just got back from camping, right? Yes. Nice little weekend rainy camp trip. That's exciting. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm from the Pacific Northwest and I took my boys uh, camping this summer and it was dry and pretty miserable. (laughs) (laughs) It was fun, you know, memories. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's always a little bit of a pain, but fun overall. Yeah. Yeah. The worthwhile struggle, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah. Well, how did you get into the field that you are currently in or what inspired you to the different roles uh, you have in life right now? Or what are you doing with life? Uh, (laughs) Where have you been? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, I am a nurse and I'm currently working with uh, home health here in Ketchikan, Alaska. we are a small island and um i think our our census is probably like 32 and or maybe it's a little closer to 40 now and um uh, i just do prn uh nursing and i've um had kind of a strange trajectory where i started in georgia as a um, new grad about let's see i think about 12 years ago And I really wanted to travel nurse. Like that was the whole goal, like the whole thing that got me into nursing. Well, not the whole thing, but a a major like um, excitement for me was that I could travel with it. So I worked my two years and then traveled off to Ketchikan, Alaska. And then I just stayed here (laughs) because I liked it so much. And um, so then uh, worked in med surge here and Um, I actually, uh, about three years ago, I was ready to get out of nursing um, because I was feeling a little bit burnout and um, I had taken a desk job from uh, where I was working. I was managing our volunteer hospice here and then also doing, doing utilization review. And I don't know, I feel like rural nurses know that you often have to wear several hats because there's not enough people or they, you know, they won't give you full-time hours for some positions. Um, so I was doing that and, and working like 40 plus hours a week and just ready to burn, ready to leave the field. And so my fiance and I bought a business and that's been about three years ago that I got out of nursing and then it was a cruise ship based business. So we had one year that was good and then coronavirus hit. And um, so now we've had two years off from our business and I've been back to nursing. So I started back with home health um, through that. And we do, we do a little bit of hospice. So we're not, we're working on getting full hospice, but um, it's just a kind of stopgap home health hospice, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's, that's quite a bit in such a nutshell. Um, What inspired you to go into nursing in the first place? Yeah. So um, 
my mom was a nurse and we kind of grew up pretty poor. Um, so it was a big boon to the whole family when she could, you know, started making money. And then, um, and I kind of got to a place where I wasn't sure if I was going to go to college or not. And I kind of tried and didn't like it and bounced around a little bit. And then I finally just, I think I was 28 when I realized like I need to have a job and do something. And I just had this um, focus that I didn't have when I was in my early twenties. So I buckled down and went to school in Georgia and um, yeah. And I uh, didn't know I was going to like it the way that I did. I think I thought I was going to be like a stopgap to go to art school or something, or it was going to help me springboard into something else. And I mean, it has in a lot of ways done that, but I ended up, I did like enjoy my patients and, and that kind of thing a lot more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I always think about like, um, conversations I have with people and how uh, folks will be like, oh, you work in hospice. Like you have to have such a heart for that. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Well, and I, I mean, I remember my, so two, maybe a year and a half into nursing, my grandmother got sick and ended up on hospice. And I just was terrified of hospice. I thought like, you know, I can't do that. And but seeing her on hospice at a, at a hospice house down south was like, it was really beautiful and they kept her so comfortable and it, you know, it changed how I thought about it. And uh, yeah, and then it was like, oh, this is actually something that I really like and want to do more of. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I, uh, you know, I also, um I was just kind of reviewing some of my research and um, I noticed some of the conversations I had with nurses prior to COVID-19 and some of the struggles that they outlined, like uh, issues with productivity and time constraints, things you briefly touched on about like uh, not being able to be full time uh, while in the midst of having all that those uh those needs that need to be met for the patients Mm -hmm. you do you have like do you feel like there's a deeper a deeper level of constraint now that COVID is present Uh, I mean like I I mean I certainly feel like like things were pretty pretty high ramped up prior to COVID, but now like with COVID, I don't know what it's like in Alaska. Uh, um, yeah. Do you guys, do you guys feel like there's a lot more pressure now? Uh, yeah. For you guys, or it's about the same or what does that yeah. look like for you guys? Well, so far for me and in, in my experience just with home health, we've, you know, it, it, it is really put a difficult, um, it's made it a lot more difficult because we don't have the staffing that we need. Um, even just like a couple of weeks ago, we had a nurse out with COVID and, um, and then we can't get travelers. I think we have two positions open. And so, you know, the PRN staff are being asked to work as much as we can. Basically they would take me, uh, you know, 
um, five days a week or sometimes seven days a week if, you know, we do call on the weekends. Um, so that's, I mean, that's huge, you know, and I, I love what your last um, guest was saying that, you know, nurses are a, a resource and, and I don't know that, you know, I think they, we need to be, it would be wise to be able to handle us with a little bit more like, um, what's that word she used? Um, just in a smarter way where we were um, not over overly used, you know, but I know it's, it's hard to do when you don't have enough nurses for the entire country. I mean, that's what it sounds like nowadays is that every place is short staffed. But mm. is that your experience down there? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, as I, I remember when I started this research, we had, like, from the time I started this research three years ago to today, like, over half of our staff has, like, been replaced. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's, I mean, that's a lot. And, like, just a couple of our nurses were kind of holding the whole thing together for both home health and hospice. And mm. To me, that's, that's a lot of pressure. And yeah. um, I think about like, what, what are the things that motivate folks to continue down that path, even with that heavy pressure? I think about like your story about your, your time with your mom and, uh, Mm -hmm. And um, I think about uh, I think about my family and how how I need to provide for them. So I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in this 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 space. But I also, you know, there's there's that that piece where like okay, I need to provide. But there's also the piece like I also love the people I'm with and seeing every day out there in the middle of nowhere or just in my hometown. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, for me, like, I think the dream nursing job would to, would be to be able to see patients. And if I could cut the charting, like, I mean, ideally it would be like to cut the charting completely away, but I know that it does serve a purpose um, to, you know, communicate what you've done to other people, but it ends up just feeling like you're covering your own, you know, but, and you're um, writing so for the insurance companies and for the lawyers instead of actually for the patient, you know? Um, and it just is so cumbersome, especially with home health. I feel like charting is, I mean, it takes as long as the visit does sometimes, you know, to chart or longer um, with starts of care and things like that. And it can just get so hard, but yeah, it is like, okay, these patients, when you can, when you can give them a piece of information that they didn't know they needed, or that you can, you know, um, just be a person to talk to for a minute for them, you know, it does, it, that part feels really good and, um, and worthwhile. But yeah, it's a, it's a lot to consider really. I mean, for me, as a as a chaplain or a spiritual care provider and bereavement follow up guy, 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's always amazing hearing the stories of like the patients and their nurses. Uh, what was it? I so as part of my role as a bereavement follow up person, mm-hmm. it's uh, I get to talk with people for up to a year after uh, their loved one has passed and there's so many stories like thankfully there's so many good stories of like (laughs) their their nurse and the patient like having a good relationship and expectations being met and uh but every once in a while you know you get those those hard cases where it's just you just couldn't do anything to to fix it you know yep Mm -hmm. um Absolutely. And those linger with you for for sure. I mean, with me, they, you know, I'll be thinking about them like weeks later, just like, you know, what could we have done? But a lot of times people can't ask for help or don't know how to ask for help and enough time to get them, you know, there's, you try your best, but um, yeah, it can be hard. And I think, you know, I think it is like, I do I dream of like having uh, some sort of a way for nurses to be able to have help processing through those kinds of cases, you know, and, and you, you know, everybody who's working with these people, because it's like you kind of take on a little, you try, I don't know, you, it's almost like you take on a little bit of their burden um, or just you suffer alongside the families, you know, as they're watching their loved ones suffer or whatever. Um but it does feel nice to be able to talk about it with the group sometimes too. And I don't know, yeah. do you guys have, have that kind of thing for your nurses there? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, so one of the, one of the ways um, we try to uh, address that is, uh, is provide, I'm sorry, that was my child <laughs> coming in to check on me. Uh, one of the things we try to do is have like a weekly uh, debriefing um, for our nurses. Hmm. And uh, that's during our interdisciplinary team meeting. And uh, there's a, a time of remembering the folks who passed this past week hmm. and then the past month. And then there's even a time where we meet and it's like a remembering of the folks from the previous year. Hmm. And it's not ideal. Um, because, because feelings take time yeah, and they're sensitive to space. Mm-hmm. And like my doctor, my doctorate, uh, mentor once said, we're really porous creatures. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And, uh, and so I feel like there needs to be space for that, but I feel like we also need to find a way, perhaps through art, like you were talking about, like how it was kind of a potential onboarding to art school mm-hmm. or being an artist, or or maybe even those times when you're on the boat, uh, you know, those times are significant to where you can just pour over all these emotions, these things we absorb from everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've been reading, uh, actually, you know, I was just listening to your podcast and um, 
and thinking about burnout, you know, and um, in preparation to just for talking with you. And I picked up one of the many books by my bedside that I've gotten like two chapters into and put, put down, but it was about burnout. It's called Burnout, actually. And it's by, I think, the Nagoski sisters, I want to say. I might be saying their name wrong or, um, yeah, but I think it's Nagoski. And they talk about completing the cycle of stress and basically you know they compare it to animals in the wild um uh you know they will after a gazelle has been chased by a lion and they're safe once they're safe from from this lion they'll actually shake in in the wild they'll process through those feelings and one of their suggestions in the book is is that we process through with physically in our bodies. Um, and I think that plus, you know, being able to talk about it, but you're right, it is hard to have the space and the time, especially when everyone's strapped for time and you've got, you know, time is something that is precious and you wanna be able to have enough downtime in between your patients as, as a nurse. So you don't wanna take up the downtime of, of people as they're mm. working but yeah that's amazing i i never knew that um you know it i it makes me think about uh the connection of our emotions with the with our bodies mm -hmm. and um some professionals say that you know we carry our grief in our bodies yeah uh and that idea of just kind of shaking to process that trauma and that is I mean it's yeah yeah um, it's interesting they say even like crying and laughing are part of it a little bit you know they can help you as you think about it your body shakes kind of when you're laughing or when you're crying and that can help I mean I know everybody knows how good it feels to just laugh at something when you're stressed you know or after after the stress has passed but, I uh one of the one of the things I've noticed about myself, um, just to bring me into this, yeah. no, <laughs> is uh, like when I'm when I've had a rough time at work, and like one of the patients that I've visited, say, has passed, and I've I've grown a connection with them. I've mm -hmm. noticed that uh, I uh, I go to the gym mm. and. Uh, just to kind of build, rebuild like that's that gap between my emotions and my body. Mm. And um, I've noticed that there are times where I won't want to do that mm. because I'm so like, I'm so struggling still with, yeah. with the trauma of that. And, totally. You know, yeah, it takes a lot out of you. So it's like you kind of have to have that extra energy to even feel like you can do it. You know, the physical movement. Um, totally. Do you, is there particular like, uh, like things that you do to help kind of like process all the stuff that you deal with? Um, either from, from, uh, 
from your work as a nurse or a clinical setting to your what you do on the boat um, or or just in general? Yeah, I mean, I have been trying to, and it's really kind of new where I've started to try to use exercise um, to try to help. And I, I, I mean, so I kind of went through my whole, um, you know, uh, career really quickly in the beginning, but like, um, I don't know if I, I mentioned that I am already, I'm burnt out a second time. So I was burnt out the first time I actually went back to nursing. I am privileged in the sense that, um, you know, our business was doing well, so I didn't have to go back to nursing. I just felt pulled to, and I thought, okay, I could work one day a week, a couple days, maybe a week. And, um, as PRN, and at first I felt really great. It felt really um, like I, I had enough space and time away um, that, and I could say, no, I was really good at, I was trying to be really good at saying no. Um, but now I'm more, because we've had people out with COVID and we have all these positions posted and we have a couple nurses, who, you know, we have like just a lot of um, patients, a high census for what we normally have, and then not a lot of um, staff. And I love my team. I love my boss. So I have this pressure now that, <laughs> that it, you know, like your previous guest was saying, like, no is a complete sentence. And like, you know, that's, it's the best thing you can do to learn to say no. And it, it can be so tricky sometimes because yeah, I could say no. Um, and my boss is great in the sense that she'll let, um, let, you know, she wants to make sure we're, we're empowered to say no. I know not every boss is like that. She, she definitely makes sure that she respects our boundaries and that kind of thing. Anyways. So I've been getting more stressed out. The exercise has just kind of helped me process that in this way that, um, I don't go for long and maybe I'll just do for 15 minutes and even just on the elliptical or something, but, I've realized that it's kind of like a medicine, you know, it's, um, we see, like we see, and especially when I work in the hospital here, we have like, um, some, they call it title 47 is the state hold, um, for, you know, uh, patients who have psychiatric illness or, um, what have you, but over and over again, we'd see the same people who had started taking their meds and then had stopped because they felt better. You know, they were feeling better. So they said, I'm, I don't think I need these anymore. And they would stop and then they would have like, you know, the symptoms come back and they would have a hard time and go through depression and anxiety and all that. And I realized that that's what I'm doing. Every time I start exercising, I feel good. And then I <laughs> just let it taper off because, you know, who needs another thing on their to-do list to do. And, um, when you think of it as just weight loss or that kind of thing, it brings on a whole other, uh, or it does for me, brings a whole other slew of issues with it. <laughs> and then, but to think of it as medicine has really helped me like just be committed to going to like, I don't know, like a brain drug. It helps my brain. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I like that that uh, perspective as a medicine. Uh, I, I've often talked with my friends about how I get this kind of mental reset kind of sensation Yeah. after going to the gym. And I've kind of used it as my in-between space between like work 
seeing patients and, and charting and then gym and then going home so I can oh. be fully present with my kids. And, uh, and in that great. time, um, yeah, I agree with you 100% there. It's interesting you, to think about that. <laughs> you feel like, um, do, do you feel like certain exercises help you more? Like, do you feel like, like the more vigorous type is better or do you do like more like weightlifting or what's the most helpful or all of it? You know what? It's, uh, as I've, um, as I've gone about my journey with, with the gym, (laughs) (laughs) I, I feel like it doesn't really matter what I do as long as I do it with, with enough intensity for a short, a short amount of time, just mm-hmm. enough to hit the mental reset is good enough. Like, so mm-hmm. it could be 15 minutes or what have you just walking, or it could be two, two minutes on the row machine, uh, mm-hmm. trying to keep, keep my distance at a certain pace or something, or it could be just stretching, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and just kind of the act of even being there in that space is kind of healing. Mm. Yeah, it's like a ritual for you. I could see that where you like are intention intentionally going there to release, you know, the day. Yeah, and, like and so one of the one of the things I love to do is I listen to audiobooks while or podcasts as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, while I'm at the gym and uh me too and uh yeah Yeah. so (laughs) yeah that's great actually how I found out about my first uh guest on this podcast uh Robert Sykes the keto guy um Mm -hmm. he uh he he constantly talks about like routines and and uh being being disciplined about uh about those routines to elicit change and uh Mm. I don't know it's just uh there's something in that because I keep hearing that from other people too yeah yeah it's hard because I well yeah I I have a kind of I have a hard um history with routines like my my father was not very happy, but he was the one who always told us you had to have routines, but I'd look at him and be like, well, you're not happy. So why, why are you saying this? So I kind of bucked against it for a long time. And I, you know, I'm scared of getting into a routine and being stuck in it or, you know, just feeling trapped. Like I have to do something. Um, But I do think like a, like a gentle, you know, like a soft routine where you're not, you're not forcing yourself against, you know, I don't know. I guess like there's this idea of like wintering, which is another book that's by Catherine May, which I just loved. And she talks about, you know, sometimes there are winters and we like nature, everything goes through cycles. And sometimes, you know, we need to kind of like if we're grieving, maybe we need to go through a wintering, you know, where we kind of are pulled in a little bit more and we're kind of a little bit more gentle with ourselves. And like, you know, maybe it does mean binging Netflix or whatever. And, you know, it's, it's tough because it feels like that's so human, especially in 
when everything seems to be so hard, I mean, COVID and the political divide and, you know, in the US and, and all over the world and just everything, you know, it's kind of hard right now. And um, so I don't know, yeah, it's like, but I think that having those routines too can help you feel like a little bit less guilty or like a little bit less like uh, shame about binging hours of Netflix <laughs> or, or, you know, um, just, I, and I almost feel like too, like it's a way like your, your, your sec, you know, that your last guest was saying like taking care of herself taking care of ourselves like it's almost like it's so hard to do sometimes especially if you're spent and you're exhausted and you've been taking care of other people all day you know it's like you know the last thing you want to do is cook like a really healthy meal and go to the gym and you know all those things like you're exhausted so but even like you know maybe taking a bath or doing something that is showing yourself love I think it has power and it's almost like you have to do it in order to feel like you want to do it. <laughs> it's so weird, but mm. it's hard. Yeah. I like that. That's, I mean, it makes so much sense. I mean, I often, I often wonder about the difference between like life rhythms and intentional like rhythms as well. And because, uh, like, when we bring a new patient onto hospice, it's like super traumatic because all of a sudden there's all these people mm. that are coming and going, and yeah. new conversations, more phone calls, uh, new meds or less meds, um, yeah. and. Uh, and I agree with you. I mean, sometimes we just need to be able to shut out the world and just mm. water ourselves, you know? Yeah, definitely. And yeah. Yeah. I, uh, speaking of my previous guest, Pat, uh, she, she is an amazing person. Uh, I, I have seen I've heard some more of her story than a lot of folks on in that one episode. And I was so glad that, that you could, uh, you could hear that. Um, yeah. Do yeah, you, do you feel like, uh, do you feel like there's, there's anything special that you'd like to share with our listeners that, that just kind of a, a a, a golden nugget, I guess, out of your pocket that you've held uh, as you've gone through uh, different stages of like being on fire and, and for nursing and being burnt out and all that. Um, yeah, I guess I don't know if I could sum it up all in one golden nugget. I guess, I guess, you know, um, I think that probably the thing that's helped me the most is a combination of learning to be in the present moment as much as I can. So, I, you know, I, I kind of learned it a little bit from some meditation apps and things like that. And I found when I could be fully present with patients, um, 
And even with charting, you know, like, you know, I think about the whole hour of charting and I'm like, or, you know, hour per patient or whatever it takes, you know, I'm pretty slow at my charting, but, um, you know, just the act of like, okay, just typing and clicking, like what my physical body is doing while I'm charting and, um, and then even giving your brain a chance to rest with some meditation too is helpful. Um, that coupled with being able to say no, and I know, and it's such a privileged position though, because I, a lot of people can't say no because they don't have the PTO or they, they need to, you know, um, meet all their financial goals or they have big families. You know, I, I don't have kids, <laughs> you know, it's just my fiance and I, and, um, you know, we're, we are privileged that we can, um, that I can say no if I need to. And, uh, so yeah, I, I think time off is a good thing if you can, if you can allow yourself to have like a little bit of a break and then, yeah, with mindfulness, I think, but mm, I think just grace, grace too, you know, <laughs> mm. for yourself. Would you mind diving a little deeper into the, the concept of mindfulness for my listeners, uh, especially oh. since you're uh, as a nurse and all that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually um, started it that first summer of COVID. Um, uh, started, sorry, started meditation. Well, I've been trying for like years to try meditation. I would try it and I would do it for a little while. And I'd be like, you know, kind of in my head the whole time thinking about, was it, am I doing it right? Um, and I think I just would get lost in thought and kind of annoyed by the, you know, if I was listening to a guided meditation, like not be able to fully be present and something happened this last time in, in 2020, when I started with Headspace, um, I did their, their introductory guide and you just do like three minutes a day and um, something was different with that time. And I don't know if it was the app or just something they said made me think about it differently, but allowed, it allowed me to see my thoughts. It's almost like a disassociation in a way. And I'm still trying to puzzle out what parts of it are dissociating and which parts are, or what, but I, it's also still just, that's just going back into my head. So it's kind of like allowing thoughts, you know, our brains are like any other organ there. So it's like our kidneys, you know, uh, processing information, kidneys are processing, you know, the fluids and waste in our bodies and, and, you know, doing regulating all kinds of other things. And it's, you know, it's for a purpose. It's obviously our, our thoughts and our brains help us. Um, but there is a point where I feel like my, my thinking is helped by a pause in that. Um, like I can actually be more present with my patients, chart more easily um, if I can have maybe 15 minutes a day of, of a break. And that break is the meditation where I can just focus on the sensations of breathing. Um, there's all kinds of different meditations. So, I mean, every I think everybody probably has different um, preferences and that kind of thing, but um, it helped, it's helped me to see that my thoughts are happening, know that that's, um, that it's doing its job. It's doing a good job, but I can watch it and know that it's not me, not be identified with 
um, all the things that I'm thinking. It's hard to describe, but um, but that was really helpful for me because, like, I think I think that was in, in the last um, episode that you talked um, uh, about nurses needing to feel perfect, you know, and like, um, you know, we are human, we make mistakes. I mean, we just are human. And so it is kind of rough in um, the medical industry, you have to almost be a robot and, and make sure you, you know, it's, it's impossible, though, it's an impossible goal. And um, there's, I think, countrywide they're changing how it's like corporate structure of, or that corporate kind of mentality of like I think it's changing to where it's less hierarchical and more um, inclusive worker focused and they are trying to be more like better stewards of the workforce and maybe take care of of their employees a little bit more so it's not so um, you know, that, I don't know if it's merit, meritorial or meritocracy kind of thing where you, you're a good, a good little worker and you get, you know, um, promoted or, or that kind of thing, but it's more human, I think. Okay. I, uh, I feel like everybody needs like, uh, like I, at least like a twice a year kind of lesson on, on how to be mindful and uh, to just oh, yeah. how to take, take the time to just, to, to engage in, in self in that way. I mean, they, there are times where, yes, it's appropriate to like totally just binge on Netflix and, <laughs> and uh, but sometimes just finding a way to be connected as a whole uh as a one uh yeah. that's just there's there's empowerment that comes with that and there's there's truth and and um and i feel like there's a deeper sense of love for self that comes with that absolutely and i feel like it's hard it can be hard to connect with that that love for self when you're focusing on production uh like all the time like like there's a term a while back i think it was called kaizen mm. and it was thrown around a lot uh and like we're going to reduce waste in our organization and we're going to be as productive as possible right right mm -hmm. and uh is there room for compassion for self and for our patients amidst Kaizen? Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, and, and I love that. I've, I've heard it in the last year, probably that idea that our worth is not based on our productivity. You know, it's our worth as humans does, does not, is not tied to productivity. And I feel like I've grown up my whole life thinking that it is, you know, worried, am I being productive enough? Am I doing enough? Am I checking off the little boxes enough? And it's, it's never going to be enough. You're never going to get to a point where you've got everything done and, you know, so it can be kind of, um, 
like a rat on a wheel kind of a thing. You're just constantly going where I think the opposite of that is to, yeah, be embodied, be able to, to be connected to your physical present moment. And um, yeah, I think it does um, allow you more love for other people because you know that, you know, they're experiencing the same things. We're all just humans trying to do the best we can with the tools that we have. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes. I mean, we work in uh, such a field where we're connecting, like we're, we're meeting with people and then we're saying goodbye to people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just like this constant kind of ebb and flow. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm curious, what are you, what are your plans for the future? I think you mentioned earlier that you're kind of on your way out of the healthcare field again. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, um, I, our business is hopefully starting back up and I'm actually, you know, I am feeling burnout again. Like I was saying, I, I have been signing up for more shifts than I wanted to work originally. And, um, just to try to help out the team and stuff like that. But um, I'm already ready <laughs> to leave. I was kind of surprised that I was, I wanted to get back into it because I had been so burnt out and it, I did feel good for probably eight months. I probably um, felt like I really was getting out, getting out, getting positive things out of it and, and not feeling burnout or being able to stave off that burnout feeling. But, um, yeah, but now my plan is to leave and, uh, go back to our business. And, you know, I think ideally I'd like to try to get back into health, helping people. Um, I do like being a nurse. I like the actual interactions with my patients, you know, um, but I, I hate the charting and I hate the bureaucracy and all that. It just, ways on on you and so I'd like to try to figure something else out maybe eventually either volunteering or something where I could I could be a nurse but not have to be beholden to the computer and and that kind of thing mm. and that's I mean that's that's a powerful statement of about yourself right I mean like you just basically said hey I can only handle this and in portions right yeah <laughs> and yeah. uh and it makes you wonder how how people out there are are portioning out their 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 soul i guess right yeah definitely and i mean yeah. i think almost every nurse i know is probably is overextended i mean i feel like mm -hmm. and a lot of people in other jobs too i mean uh, I think that, you know, I've heard that, that the 40 hour work week was based on, you know, um, having one person at home to like cook all your meals and, you know, having like a support person, but when you have both people working or, or, you know, if you have a lot of kids, like it sounds like you do. And, you know, that's, it's kind of too much. We don't have the villages we had before. So it's, um, it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, like I think about like uh, my mom. She 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 works full time, and uh, 
you know, maybe there was a time in history where grandma used to spend more time with the kids, you know, yeah. the grandkids, mm-hmm. who knows, like that's, I mean, times have completely changed since then, right? Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So, so your new adventure, what does that look like? And uh, what, uh, what kind of joy do you find in, and did you say it was a cruise kind of Thing. Yes. So we, um, it's kind of difficult to explain. I didn't know that these, um, this position even existed until I moved to Southeast Alaska, but the cruise ships all have a local pilot and they call it a pilot because they pilot the ships in and out. So they go on board. Um, they're required by law to be on board within three miles of land. So it's kind of difficult to get them onto the, the cruise ships three miles away from land. That's where we come in. We take them out in a smaller boat, the local um, sea pilots. We take them out in our boat and we go alongside the cruise ships to to transfer them. So we'll either put them onto the ship or we'll take them off of the ship if the ship's leaving the inside waters. Um, So we, so my fiance is a boat driver and it's a totally different field from what I've ever been in or done, but this is a maritime community. And so I, I started fishing and stuff once I moved here with travel nursing and just fell in love with it. And I like being on the water and um, we have kind of a remote cabin and things. We house the sea pilots and we, um, you know, feed the meals when they're staying over the night and uh, stuff like that. So it's a whole different realm. And it was kind of hard actually being thrown into that after being 10 years in nursing, I was like, or I think it was nine years at that point, like felt pretty good. I knew what I was doing. You know, people would come to me to ask, you know, how to do something. And now I'm like a baby, like trying to learn how to be a deckhand and um, gardening and doing all these things that this new job entails, but I do like it. Well, that sounds, uh, it sounds exciting. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I mean, right. It's a, it's a new stage in life mm-hmm. and uh, new definitely. joys to look forward for, look, look yeah. forward to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it is like, um, I don't know, just learning, learning new ways that those same feelings would that I had with nursing would come into this job you know it is like some of the things I just get um it's been helpful for me to find out how I can help myself so like yeah with meditation or exercise you know even just doing the pilot transfers we would be kind of jittery you know afterwards and almost go through this stress dump kind of feeling and um it's similar to I feel like to um you know, after having a hospice patient and they die or they're, you know, um, just those ones that stick with you where that maybe they didn't have the best pain control or, you know, something could have gone better. It's kind of that similar feeling of like, I need to work this out. <laughs> you know, I need some help with this. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you feel like this whole new, this whole new stage is just, do you feel like it's, it's healing? to you uh, yeah and 
Yeah, and I feel like it's um, it's helped me put my nursing career in perspective and also helped me kind of realize the parts of it that I did like, the parts that I did enjoy. Because when I left, I was like, goodbye and good riddance. Like, I never want to see nursing again. That's what I thought, you know, the first time. And, um, and I was surprised that my desire to go back to it came back, honestly, because I was so ready to leave. Um, and I think just the change of career helped me see it a little bit. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, uh, I've been having conversations with, uh, some nurses who, who are no longer, uh, on my care team and all that. And Mm -hmm. some that are retired now and, um, they're finding new and exciting adventures out there, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, if I'd stayed in nursing and that's what I wanted, I probably would have just changed jobs every couple of years because it, it does get, I don't know, like it's, it gets difficult. And I feel like once you get stuck in that rut of like, you can only see the most difficult things and the parts that you hate about it. It's hard to get, to snap yourself out of it. So I don't know. Yeah. That, uh, that kind of, it's kind of a good definition of burnout in itself mm-hmm. right there. Just where you can only see the, the dark side of things really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I guess, I don't know if it's a confirmation bias type of thing, but you know, if you start, mm-hmm feeling like it's but also if it's just taking so much energy from you and you don't have the energy to give back to it then it's just like I mean it's all you can see is the parts that are just so hard um I feel like for me it's been my experience Hmm. um super helpful yeah I really appreciate your time uh Tyler do you have any questions for me uh about anything we've talked about Mm. no I don't think so I I um I really liked the you know debriefing time and I think I think you know it's a good idea to have it's just maybe tweaking the the logistics of it and you know making it to be something that works for people um yeah or could work for a team or something yeah I agree with you uh it's well it's been a, a, a real honor to have you on the podcast and uh i wish you all the best in your future endeavors and i'm i'm a bit jealous of you because <laughs> <laughs> it sounds amazing yeah 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 it's yeah. it's fun but yeah it's still real life. It's, uh, yep. <laughs> it came as a shock to me. <laughs> it's thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor for me too. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, thank you so for, much for doing this too, for us burnout nurses. <laughs> <laughs> for nurses and not nurses. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.